Church, there it is. Good morning, everyone. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Happy New Year. Year. I know I didn't see you last week. We left you in great hands. Uh, Liz will be here in just a minute, but we were out uh, down in Pittsburgh enjoying some uh, time of just getting away for a couple days uh, without the kids. Hallelujah. (laughs) Refreshing. Kids, I love you. Don't take that the wrong way. But we had a great time. We missed you guys. Uh, I know Pastor Andy did a far- fabulous job on his, on his sermon and his message, talking about the thing nobody wants to go do, I think is how he said it, yeah? I signed him up to do the one on fasting where nobody wants to actually do it. So he did a great job uh, with that. Wednesday night, we had our prayer and worship night. And if you weren't here... I'll tell you what, the presence of God was here. And he spoke. He spoke a word to me. I know he spoke a word to other people that were here. And when I opened up Wednesday night, I felt the same way to open up today, Sunday morning. That I believe that the Lord has a word for each of you. A specific word for you. For your life. For your situation, it might be a word, it might be a phrase, he might drop a a scripture verse into your heart, but I know for a fact he's got one for each of us, and we're going to seek that today. When we seek his face, when we seek who he is, I believe the Lord answers and he responds and he speaks to us. And so I want you to be attuned this morning as we worship, as I give my message, as we close throughout this entire service. Say, Lord, just what is the word you have for me? And I can tell you it's almost always an encouraging word. It's never a word of destruction or doom or death or horrible situations, but a word of encouragement. And so I just want you guys to ask, what is that word this morning? Amen? Seek him today on that. I'm going to read this scripture. Just bow your heads. This is out of Philippians 2 is talking about the humbled and exalted Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death, even to death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Heavenly Father, we glorify You today. Father, we thank You. We thank You. and We worship You. In the name of Jesus, we come to You. That upon that name, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that You are Lord. So we do that this morning. 
We do that this morning in a posture of worship, coming before you to declare you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let us worship today in Jesus' name. Amen. We're just going to dismiss you to come to the table of grace this morning. Divine impartation of grace, communion, the body and the blood of Jesus. So as you come straight head on to the tables and circle back around to your seats, the cups are stacked with the, the wafer on the bottom and the juice on top, so it's just one pickup. If you're gluten-free, um, those wafers are the ones on the little plate in the center. Um, and hold on to your elements because... Uh, Pastor Jason and I come back up here, and we're all just going to partake of the divine impartation of grace together this morning. So go ahead and and, uh, come to the table. Thank you, Lord. Divine impartation of grace. Grace is defined as unmerited favor. (laughs) Unmerited. Nothing we've done. Nothing we've done. But we get to. (laughs) But we get to partake. We get that grace because of what he did. The price that he paid. The blood that was shed. His body broken. Says in Isaiah, it says, Surely... Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid him the iniquity of us all. Divine impartation of grace. Even when we've turned away, When we turn back, he's there waiting for us. As we take communion this morning, I just pray just for a renewal of our understanding of that divine grace. That price that was paid. That each week this year, we would never forget what he did for us. And that as we carry that with us, We are then light to the world and love to others because of what he did for us. So Father, we thank you for these elements. We thank you for your body and your blood that was broken and shed for us. Father, we thank you for the grace, the unmerited favor that you have bestowed and made available to us. And we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord.
Bible says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he broke it, had given thanks and broke it, said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Lord, we just worship you today. Lord, you truly are worthy of it all. All of our praise, all of our affection, all of our attention, Lord. We put it on you this morning, for you truly are worthy of it all. Thank you, Lord. Stand with me as we continue to worship. One of my favorite things about Jesus is that he's worthy. There is no other one who is worthy of our worship. We worship none other but Jesus. Worship is one of my favorite things because it takes all focus. And I know my role in worship. He is worthy of worship. I am the worshiper. And I can just sit in that role so easily because of him, because he is so worthy. There's no question mark. There's no problem there. And when we worship, we have this opportunity to turn our, our whole focus onto him. And I'll just be honest, some of the other spiritual disciplines that we practice are harder for me to kind of, you know, sometimes I'm praying and I'll find myself, Pastor Andy said this last, I find myself like over here. I'm just like, wait a second, when did I stop praying and just start thinking? Okay, back up out loud. <clears throat> to keep that focus. I recently started skiing. And you know what I love about skiing? Is you can't multitask when you're skiing. It is total focus. If you start thinking about something else, you're, you're, on, you're on the ground. And I'm a little bit too old to be on the ground too much. So man, I am focused. And there's joy in that. Honestly, I'm just going to be honest. God is in that. He's in that. In that time of focus. Um, because he's with me. And all I focus on is this thing. And when I get to the bottom, I say, thank you, Jesus, that I didn't fall that time. Um, And back up I go. But he's worthy of our worship, and he's worthy of our focus. That's never a question for me when I'm sitting down to pray or when I'm sitting down to read the word. It's not that he's not worthy, and that's why sometimes I have trouble focusing. It's because I'm human, right? It's because we're human, because life kind of is going all around us, which is why The Sunday morning gathering of the church family is so important. There is no other time in my week when I can be as focused on him as right here. My kids know, don't talk to me. You can't have a cheese stick right now. They know it. They're not going to ask. When I'm at home, I got my Bible open. It's all that. Can I have a pair? She had a pair. Can I have a pair? 
you know. Um, so as we head into this new year, let's just remember that this is a spiritual discipline, this gathering, and it's irreplaceable. Just like you can't replace prayer with something different or something, it, it would be a less than. Can't replace worship with a different practice. Oh, when it's just the same. Standing on a mountaintop and thinking about Jesus is, is the same as going to church. Not even close. It's not even close. That's a wonderful thing to do. That's, that can be an incredibly um, valuable and wonderful time with him. So I'm not knocking standing on mountaintops at all. But it's not a substitute for the gathering. That's what I have. Okay. Hard stop. That's good. Preaching part of my message, which is great. She has no idea what my message is, so that's good. Let me close out this time of worship with just a reading out of Psalm 62. It says this, says, Truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Further down it says, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. My, my rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you that we can enter collectively and worship you. Father, we thank you for your unmerited favor. We thank you for that grace that each and every person needs. And Father, we do say today, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're going to get to move around a little bit, greet one another, encourage one another in the Lord. If you're an ECF kid, you know Kid Corner is there for you. If you're a first-time guest, we welcome you. On the back of your chairs is a connection card. If you're a first-timer, it's a place just to put your name and information so we know you were here. We generally send an email saying welcome. Uh, if you are a first-time guest and you have children, I have special bags for them um, over in Kid Corner. I'll be over there, or one of my daughters will be over there. We have special guest bags um, with fun things for them to do for the rest of the service. Uh, also, the family room is straight across the lobby. Um, and that room is available for parents and kids to hang out. You can hear the service. Uh, the room is, is designed mostly for, what, like three to eight years old? Um, our four-year-old loves it. Um, the nursery is also open for babies, one to three, um, and parents uh, to hang out in there. You can also hear the service in that room. So let's... Oh, one more thing. Tithes and offerings. Um, those connection cards come up here in these buckets, and also your tithes and offerings. Come joyfully and give to the Lord and encourage one another. All right, church family, it's good to be back with you this Sunday. Jason and I enjoyed a little impromptu trip last week. It was like a, a last minute. When you can take a last minute little getaway and you have eight kids and run a church, you just 
do this. You don't think about all the details and how it'll work out, and then you thank God for an Andy, who we can just be like, Andy, can we do this? He's like, go, you can do it. I got it. I got it. Just go. And you have a daughter like Anna who's like, yeah, mom, I got it. I got it. So we, we had a nice time of renewal and refreshing and just um, really prayer and coming before the Lord about this new year. Um, I'm not a person who's big into, um, what are they called, New Year's resolutions. They're just funny to me. I'm just like, give me 24 hours. I'll break every single one of them. Um, I just don't do it. But coming before the Lord and saying, here are the things that I would like to do better, and here are the things that have been weighing on me that I can get on board with, and seeing what he does and how he leads me, that I can get on board with. So this morning, I just have one thing to talk about, uh, and that is ECF life groups. Uh, We have a new life group little handout available to you this morning. It is out in the column. So as you are leaving, it's like, if you don't look up, you're going to walk right into the column. And that's where you're going to find these. So don't be confused about where they are. I mean, just walk out the sanctuary and there's the column. So on this is the six life groups that we offer. And there they are up on the slide. You could get out your phone. You can take a picture of the slide. All of this information is also on our website. Um, But just like I said this morning about the the spiritual discipline of gathering, the fellowship of the saints, this is a part of that. Um, life groups is a part of that. When Jason and I are feeling thin on the inside and needing rest and refreshing and renewal, you know, we don't really come up here and talk about it in the broad scale. You know who, what we do? We call our life group friend, Andy. We don't have an official life group. It's called the elder group. Um, but he is who we do life with. Um, And there's other people that we confide and say, hey, we need prayer in this area. It's a smaller circle. And the smaller circle is so very important. It's where pastoral care um, feeds into your life. That middle-of-the-night emergency, who are you going to call? You know, I'm calling Andy. Hopefully, I mean, I think Andy's calling us. Uh, And that's what life groups are all about. So... Well, they're about a lot of things, food, fun, the, always the word. Um, they're always about Jesus, um, but caring for one another. So um, on, I'll just go through them just real quick. The Luciano group, they meet on the third Sunday of each month here in the church sanctuary. This group is for digging into the word, building up your faith, um, just unseating any kind of, or ferreting out any kind of lies or kind of half-truths that you've been believing just sit under Paul's teaching, and he'll get at it. He'll winkle it out of you, you know, just a really strong dose of the word, and um, it's a great group. The Carters group, um, Chet and Jane, are just like two of the most loving people. I mean, if you need a hug, Jane's in the back of the church. She'll give one to anybody, absolutely anybody. I love her. Um, that offers for Jane. I don't want anyone to be confused. Jane gives hugs to absolutely anyone. Um, <laughs> Not Liz. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, I got myself in a corner. Um, first and third Tuesday at 7 p.m. Um, and is at their home. It's open to anyone of any age. These two groups are open to anyone of any age. Um, and so if you're interested in any of these groups, you're going to contact info at ecfchurch.org. Um, or, and what's going to happen when you do that is you'll say, hey, I'm interested in the Luciano group, and I will contact them and give them your contact info, and they'll get 
to, they'll uh, contact you and give you all the information you need um, and connect with you. Men to men and women to women. So men to men is for men only, obviously. Um, Rich Horniman, I mean, this has been a ministry of his heart forever. And he pours his heart and soul into these men. If, if you go to men to men and you need anything, right? Rich is like right there. He'll call in the troops. He'll rally. He'll say, okay, we can do that. Let's do that. Um, if you need encouragement, that man will open up the word. Actually, he, I think the word is so much on the inside of him. The word will just come pouring forth out of him. Um, so, I mean, if you're, a, if you're a gentleman and you haven't been to men to men, check it out. Um, if you can only go once a month, if you can only go every other month, it doesn't even matter. Go and just partake. Same with women to women. Um, women to women is run by Maureen Schmidt, um, with an assist from her daughters, Joanna and Ruth is always there. And I mean, these women, they pour out, they pour out love and equipping. I think that's just so big on their heart is to equip women to stand and to receive, and to partake, and to take ground um, in Christ, uh, the authority in Christ, the power of prayer. So women to women, second and fourth Saturday, and those two groups, men to men, women to women, they meet up at the Rose Center. You all probably already know this information, but um, just like Pastor Jason last month did such an amazing job on the Word Became Flesh. He preached on the Word of God he said from the beginning, my goal is to inspire you to get in the word more. If you're in the word once a week, I want you in the word twice a week. If you're in the word five days a week, I want you in the word twice a day, five days a week. And he did it. I mean, he did it. I went out of here and he inspired me to be in the word more and to figure out what's keeping me from being in the word more and then to remove those. He did such a good job. So it's not like any of this information is new to you, perhaps, but I want to inspire you to maybe step out in this new year and say, you know what? I need community. I need to, even if it's not consistent, I need to be consistently inconsistent and go and connect and trust people. I need to trust people. Lord, I'm just preaching to myself. Okay. I mean, I'm just preaching to myself. Spirited sisters, uh, widowed women only. Camille Federoff, God love this woman. What did I say to you? I said, is she going to be like Enoch? The Lord's just going to take her home. Be like, I can't get her to slow down for even a second. Like, she's just going to have to come. I'm just going to have to take her right up because she goes. And um, she really, Camille's just such an inspiration. She's like 80 years old or more. And, hmm, more, 81. She just is all about the kingdom. She's all about supporting these women in in whatever way they need. They need space. She gives them space. She'll tell me. She'll have the roster. She's be, she'll be like, well, she doesn't come, but we've got her. We're just loving on her. We, we go to her house because she doesn't want to come. I mean, she just makes sure that these women um, have community. And they meet the last Saturday of each month, but they meet an awful lot more than that. Because when I get the roster sheet back, I, leave, I have one column that says, you know, the last Saturday, who was there? And she just fills in extra days like four or five times a month. They get together and they sew and they do projects. They went on a pirate, I don't know, the scallywag kind of boat thing. She told me some stories. I wanted to go. Jason, watch out, man. These ladies are having fun. I got to be a widow to go. So I'm not in a hurry, obviously. I don't ever want to be a widow. 
Anyhow, okay, there I am in the corner again. <laughs> All right, young adult group, ages 18 to 28-ish or by invitation. Um, that's the second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m. again up at the Rose Center main room. Um, Sydney leads that group, and um, one of my daughters goes, and I know it's a good time. I know, um, I know one young man, he was like the only young man who who went. And he was concerned that it was going to be silly. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of girls. <laughs> you know, it's going to be silly. And uh-uh. He, he came home to his mom and was just like, no, it was like solid. It was really good conversation and, and digging deep as young people need to do. We all need to do. But when you remember when you were young, right? Question everything. Ask those hard questions. Chew on things. Now we're just tired and we're like, the word all the word. I don't even need to question. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so those are the groups. There's so much connection and community that's available um, here at ECF. Uh, we're a small body at this point, right? Here, if you, if, if you go away saying, I don't really feel connected, there's definitely lots of opportunity to feel connected. And if you want to open your home, if you want to have a group that is an option that we are always ready to talk about um, and to meet with you about and discuss, you know, okay, what kind of group are we talking about? What is your heart? What is your vision for that? So that's what I have for you this morning. Pastor Jason, you can come on up and get me out of the corner. It's a good one. Amen. Well, we're going to pray over our tithes and offerings here this morning. Um, I have a scripture I want to share with you guys out of Proverbs, and it's uh, Proverbs 3, and it's verse 9 and 10. I think a lot of you guys know this scripture. I've heard it before, uh, but it says this, says, honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor the Lord with your possessions. It doesn't say money. It says Possessions. And to me, that's saying everything that I've got, everything that I own, everything that I steward, everything that I've got, I want to honor the Lord with it. And it says, and the first fruits of all your increase. So we honor the Lord with everything that we have, with all that we have. Because guess what? Where does our increase come from? It comes from him. Everything, it all comes from him. He's got it all. We're just temporarily stewarding it. I call ourselves like the, uh, we're just a distribution center. Right? What does a distribution center do? It brings stuff in and it sends stuff out. The distribution center isn't there to hold on to anything. If anything is being held on at the distribution center, there's some problem with it. So we're not here to hold on to anything. We're here to be the distribution center for all the resources that God has blessed us with. And there's a promise that comes with it. I love the promises that has on the next verse when there's a so that. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. If we, see how, if we see the possessions that we have as being a distribution center, honoring the Lord, what do you want us to do with this? How do you want me to open my home? How do you, what do you want me to do with this car? Right? What do you want me to do with this? And just honoring him in everything. What ends up happening is he ends up giving more. Because he says, I can trust. There's a stewardship here. Those you can trust with little, he will give more. And so there's a promise here and a biblical truth that comes through this, which is, I believe is absolutely amazing. So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats overflow with new wine. How many want our barns plenty this year? 2022. Overflow, overflow, overflow this year. Amen?
Maybe that's one of our words this year. I don't know. I'm praying about what those words are for our church. He gave me some personal words, and I know he'll give you guys some personal words as well. So let's pray over our offering this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, for every gift, every giver, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that every bill is paid, Lord. Father, we just want to honor you with our possessions. We want to honor you, Lord, with our fruit that you have provided us, Lord. Father, I just pray that you will lead us and guide us to be distribution centers and steward the resources you have given us, Father. Holy Spirit, lead and guide us in every decision that we make, Lord, for every job opportunity, everything that we decide, Lord, may it be of you. May we take it to prayer in this year and that this year of 2022 will be an overflowing year in all areas of our life. And Father, as we come to you to listen to your word today, Lord, Lord, I just pray that we will have ears to hear and eyes to see what you have in store. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Okay, thank you, Chet. Uh, So I just want to give, again, I opened up with a testimony at the beginning of church um, that on Wednesday night, we had our once-a-month prayer and worship night. And I would encourage you, it happens the first Wednesday of every month, I would encourage you to come out to that. I personally had, I, I went in and I just felt like the Lord wanted to give a word, a word for me, for me personally. And I was like, Lord, I just, I need a word. I want to be encouraged by your word. I'm seeking you. I didn't, I didn't try to come up with any kind of word. I was like, Lord, I'm here to seek your face. Show me what you have. And I encourage all of us to do that again this morning. And we're going to do that again here in a little bit uh, as a congregation. But I just asked the Lord for a word. And I tell you, I was kneeling down right here in the front, and I was writing a few words down. I was like, Lord, what is it? What is it? And a word popped into my mind. And the word was serve. And it just popped into my mind. I wrote it down, and then he told me what that meant, serve. And it just this kind of this whole explanation that's for me personally. I'm not going to share you all the details. But it was something that I was challenged with, how I was viewing something in my life. And he just, one word, one word. It was just serve. I was like, man, Lord, that's so good. And I'll tell you what, out of nowhere, Sid is sitting here. That's right, out of nowhere, other than the Holy Spirit. And her sister Rhea is here, and Andy's up here. I forget who else was playing. She starts singing about serving. Completely a prophetic song, singing about serving and serving the Lord, and I want to be a servant. And I was just like, I was like, that was for me. That was for me. And so I just encourage you, the first Wednesday, it's not an announcement, it's, I, mean, I guess it's a little bit of a plug, but I would encourage you guys, the first Wednesday of the month, come out. It's very chill, it's very casual. There's not a whole lot that goes on other than the Holy Spirit moving and the presence of God is here and he's working and moving. So it was just a wonderful time uh, this morning. Open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. This whole series on awakening, I really felt led to talk about spiritual disciplines. Uh, when I said someone was, pre- Liz was, Pastor Liz was preaching my message a little bit uh, this morning, and it, it really is piggybacking off of what Pastor Andy said uh, last week. But I want to talk about through, I don't know if it'll be this month, it'll be longer. I know we're in the midst of a fast. A lot of us have, have been seeking the Lord. What shall we be fasting? A lot of us are in it. Uh, we've been doing it as a family. Uh, the kids have been inspired to do it. In fact, some of the kids were inspired last week after Pastor Andy's message to fast lunch. Uh, so the, the 10-year-old said, I'm fasting lunch. 
and he did it, and we're really proud of him. So uh, I know we're all in the midst of that, but I want to talk about spiritual disciplines, and I want to look at the book of Acts and talk about, just read a passage of scripture and point out to us all of the spiritual disciplines that the early church practiced. And then I want to get into something called prayer this morning. And I want to talk a little bit about prayer. I probably won't get through my whole message. I'm probably going to do this in two weeks. So just so you know, you have to come back next week to hear the rest of it. Uh, Acts 2, starting in verse 42. It says, And then they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. I love that. It's through the apostles. The apostles weren't doing it. They were doing it through. God was doing it through them. Verse 44. Now all who believed were together, and they had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. Verse 46, so continually daily, with one accord, in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, and having favor with all people. And it's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, as a church leader, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The Lord added daily. Not the marketing campaign, not the fancy sign or the smoke machine, not the lights, not the building, the Lord. The Lord added daily those who are being saved. And so when you look through this, there's a bunch of spiritual disciplines that are in there. I'm going to list them out for you. They're not on the overhead. You can just listen to, listen to them or you can write them down. The first one that we find in that passage of scripture is studying God's word, reading God's word. It's what you were talking about. It was last week, their last month's message series to inspire you to read and get into God's word more. The message series here, this awakening, is for you to be awakened to the spiritual disciplines that are available that we can go do. And the the point of this whole thing is that they are collective. These spiritual disciplines are a collective thing that God is showing us what to do and how to do it. Because without any one of those, something is left amiss. So here they are. So studying God's word. The second one is actually serving. Serving. The next one is eating together. You're like, what? That's, not, that's, a, that's a fleshly discipline. No, look at Jesus' life. When he went, he fellowshiped with them, but he broke bread with each other. They ate together. It's actually a spiritual discipline of gathering together and having food together. Having communion together. It's a spiritual discipline. That there is praying. And we're going to talk more about praying this morning, which I absolutely love. Do you, get, do you guys understand? We get to talk one-on-one with the living God. 
I mean, just for a second. Like, I enjoy reading the Word. This, this is a balance of all of these. Like, I love reading the Word. I want to get in the Word. But if you only read the Word and you don't have a conversation with the living God, you're missing out on part of what God has for you. We have the opportunity, if you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, to actually have a conversation with God. Just let that sink in for like a second. Like I can have, com- there's people in this world I cannot have conversations with. I cannot pick up the phone and talk to the President of the United States. Can you? Can anybody here? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's not get into what you'd want to say if, the, if you got to talk to the press, or your senator, or your local congressman. But a lot of t- you, there are people you actually can't, I can't pick up the phone and talk to Elon Musk. Can't do it. Can't get a hold of him. But guess what? We can talk to the living God. Are you kidding me? All-powerful, all-knowing, omniscient everywhere. It transcends time. Creator of you and me and all the beauty that we have. You can talk to that person. God. Just as easy as that. You can stop. We call pulling, we say pulling an Erica Horniman. Anybody know what pulling an Erica Horniman is? Is that you just begin to pray. Right now. Right away. Like let's, I'm not going to put it on a to-do list. Right? I'm not going to go put it on a to-do list to think about it later that I might remember to pray about something. If something comes up, Erica's like, let's pray right now. Boom. Oh, she, yeah, that's right. She doesn't even say let's pray. She just starts praying. Can we be like that, church? Can we just start praying? Start praying in our cars. Start praying at our jobs. Start praying in the morning. Start praying in the evening. We get to talk to the living God. Do you understand that? What a blessing. What a blessing that we have to be able to do that. Prayer, one of the spiritual disciplines. Giving is in there. Why do we talk so much about giving? Why do we talk? It's, I'm not talking about giving so we can pay our bills. I'm talking about giving because it's a spiritual discipline that blesses you. It blesses you. I've always said this. LeBron James could come out of nowhere, show up on campus, pay off this entire campus, and put in an endowment fund that pays for the church for the next 25 years. I'm not talking about offering to get your money. I'm talking because it's a spiritual discipline. Giving is a spiritual discipline that God knows is a blessing that comes with it. And we'll take probably a week and talk about giving. And then this is what Pastor Liz was saying. Church attendance. They were in the temple together. Church attendance. Now, here in America, we have the opportunity to be part of church attendance. There are places in the world where they cannot have church attendance, but they still meet. They meet underground, they meet secretly, they meet quietly, because they understand, no matter the risk that's involved with it, that it's a spiritual discipline, that I want all of the spiritual disciplines in my life. I don't want to be lacking any of them. I don't want to lack any one of these spiritual disciplines, whether it's prayer, whether it's giving, whether it's eating together, whether it's whatever it might be, reading the word of God. And then there's the next one down in the, in the scripture is fellowship. Which as defined here, the, the other fellowship, if you look at the, the Greek, is serving. This fellowship is talking about home fellowship. Groups. The whole announcement that we just went through. So if you're sitting here and you have part of these, there is opportunity to get more of the spiritual discipline, which is only a blessing that we have in our lives. And I get there are people in different seasons, different situations, and all these things, but what I'm telling you is God, this is what the early church did. This is how the early church operated. This is how we want Erie Christian Fellowship to operate. 
We want our people to know and understand the spiritual disciplines because they bring blessing and freedom into their lives. And the last one that's listed there is worship. Worship. As Pastor Liz said this morning, this is the place where we can come and you can worship. Yeah, we all get distracted sometimes. Even here in worship, we get distracted. But there are times where we can come before him and remove distractions in worship. So let's go into, uh, turn with me to Acts. Uh, you're already there. No, actually, go to 2 Chronicles 20. Go to 2 Chronicles 20. Pastor Andy, I do want to thank you last week. What a great message you gave uh, on fasting. If you weren't here and didn't get a chance to listen to it, again, it's on Spotify as a podcast or up on Facebook. You can find it uh, on our website, a lot of different places. But 2 Chronicles 20, this is talking about a corporate fast that King Jehoshaphat kind of installed or called. And I want to walk through pieces of this chapter and show you the outcome of what happened when they were operating in this way. So if you, the beginning of the chapter, I'm going to start in verse 3, and I'm going to skip around a little bit. But the beginning of the chapter, there were many gathered around Judah to battle them. They were outnumbered. They basically were in a situation that was impossible. Impossible. How many of you feel like you might be in an impossible situation that's happening? You don't have to raise your hands and be like, oh, look at that. They must not be believing in faith because they did their impossible. No, come on, guys. I know that you guys have situations where you feel like God has to intervene on my behalf for this to work out. It may be for a lost loved one. It may be for a job. It may be for a relationship. I need God to intervene. So Jehoshaphat is sitting there saying, oh, my gosh, we're in big trouble. What are we going to do? Verse 3, and Jehoshaphat feared. Yeah, people fear sometimes. I know we're not supposed to do it, but we all have times in our life where we fear. And look at this. And set himself to seek the Lord. He didn't fear and stay there. He didn't fear and be like, that's it, I don't know what to do. And start crying, looking to the world for answers. What did he go do when he was faced with an impossible situation? He set himself to seek the Lord. And as king... And proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. We're in a corporate fast. I'm asking you to ask the Lord for what do you need in your life? Seek him and seek his face. Write down the things that you're asking him about. Write them down in a journal. Find a place where you say, look, Lord, I'm seeking you in these first 21 days. And I want to seek you all 365 days. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. They all came. All of Judah came. Skip down to verse 13. In between those two verses, Jehoshaphat stood and he prayed. Verse 13 says, Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, their children, stood before the Lord. They postured themselves as a corporate entity seeking the Lord, saying, "What we are in an impossible situation. We are unified in this, Lord. What will you do for us? How many have prayed that prayer? Lord, I need help. I need help. Verse 14, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon 
Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of this guy, the son of this guy, the son of this guy, a Levite of the sons of this guy in the midst of the assembly. Basically, it's saying they're seeking the Lord and the Lord gave a word. The Lord gave a word. I'm telling you this morning, the Lord can give you a word. One word can change everything if it's from God. That one word I got on Wednesday night changed everything. It changed my perception and my thinking to the truth that was aligned with God's word. And because of that, so my life will be forever different. Just like that. One word. I asked for it. I said, Lord, I would like this word. I want us to do that this morning collectively. And he said, verse 15, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So they're in an impossible situation. They are now fasting and praying, as Andy said last week. Fasting and praying go hand in hand. You can fast and not pray. You're just hungry. You're just hungry. And that, there are some medical benefits to that, right? But that's just hungry. Fasting and praying is seeking the Lord. It's saying, I am going to put my flesh down for this lunch period because I love coffee so much. I'm just going to go without coffee for a little bit of time. And every time I don't get that coffee, I think on the Lord and I seek his face. And I put my flesh under and I'm looking to take my spirit and make it over my flesh, which we all have to do periodically. It says, look, but the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook, specifics, specifically told them where you're going to find them. The brook before the wilderness of Jeruel, verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. The word of the Lord says, it's not your battle to fight. It's not your battle to fight. I want you to leave here this morning knowing that God is on your side. And as you're seeking him and the word he gives you, he is fighting your battles. Yes, we are in partnership with him, but he is the one taking care of your battles. It says, you will not need to fight, but position yourselves. I love this. Stand still. Can we stand still a little bit in 2022? Because the Bible, my Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Which means if I'm not still, does it mean I can't know? It feels that way. And when we're hustling and busy and hurry, that's probably a whole other message series we'll do maybe later in the year. We miss so much of what God is trying to say to us. Position yourselves, stand still, and then just see the salvation of the Lord. Watch him do what he's going to go do. We pray, we fast, we seek him, and then we stand still and we say, Lord, this is yours. We have given so many things in our lives to the Lord. Lord, this is yours, not mine. 
these children. They're yours, Lord, not mine. And we have to take this posture of just standing, being still, and seeing the salvation of the Lord. Who is with you? Thank you, Lord, he is with us. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. If you skip down to verse 21, they're doing shouts of joy. And Jehoshaphat says this, And when we had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Worship. Stand still. Worship him. See what he's going to go do. Sing to the Lord. And who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, they were saying what? Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Verse 22, now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people. The enemy that was there, the Lord set the ambushes against them. And what basically ended up happening, they all started fighting each other. They started destroying each other. All of these armies set up against you, set up against Judah here. They all started fighting each other. Verse 24 then says, And so when Judah came to the place overlooking in the wilderness, exactly where the prophetic word said. What was it? It was overlooking where the wilderness is, right? Here it is. Overlooking the wilderness. They looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies. Fallen on the earth, no one had escaped. Church, God didn't just move a little bit. God just didn't do like, well, I'm going to take care of this army and that army, but you know what, you're going to have to suffer terribly and go after these other ones. No, he took care of everything. And all they did was in a position of prayer and of fasting and of seeking the Lord. That was their position. That's exactly what happened. Now, I can tell you, Pastor Andy said last week, not everything that I've prayed and fasted for has come to pass. Not yet. Not everything has come to pass. Now, I've got stories, I've got st- amazing stories of our times of prayer and fasting where the Lord miraculously sold one of our homes. We had, oh my goodness, in 10 days, we had a financial crisis of sorts uh, we had two houses, and we moved from Hermitage back up to uh, Erie. We were in Harbor Creek, and we had mortgages on both houses, full-bore mortgages. We moved we for six months, and we were kind of at the proverbial end of the rope, maybe is the right phrase. Like, there was no more rope. It was like, we are at the end of the rope. And it came into January, and we're like, Lord, I've got an impossible situation I've got a house down in Hermitage that nobody seems to want, but I need you to make someone want that house so that they will buy that house and so that you will, please, Lord, move quickly. And we began to pray and fast and seek his face, and within a couple days, we got a phone call that said, someone's interested in your house. Boom. And they came back and they gave an offer that was ridiculous, and so I was like, that's ridiculous, that's not of God. Because he wants more for that house than that. And so I went on a prayer walk and I said, Lord. So I go on a lot of prayer walks. I said, Lord, what is the number that I am to counter with? Because I only want to do this once. 
and I want this to be done with. And he gave me a number. I called him back within seven minutes from beginning. I mean, it wasn't a long prayer walk. I wasn't on my knees. I didn't get like worn out things. I just went out. I said, Lord, tell me the number. He gave me the number. I responded to the, to the, uh, the realtor and done. House sold. House sold. And we've got stories of sweet Lila when we were trying to, believe it or not, there was a point in time where we had trouble conceiving a baby. You're like, that's not true. Well, it doesn't seem to be true. But it was true. Yeah, and then, then, then the blessing of the Lord and, you know, be fruitful and multiply. You know, your quiver is full. All those verses just took, well, they just went right in and started going like crazy. But what I'm saying is not everything always, we have situations. Look, I have this prayer journal here. And I've been using this prayer journal for years. And I have page after page after page after page of prayers that I've prayed and written down, Lord, I'm praying for this. Lord, I'm praying for someone else here, here, there. And I'll tell you, you can, if you can see it, there are blank spots where that prayer has not been answered yet. But I'm not giving up on that prayer. I'm not, I'm, this is just, this, when I open this up, it just tells me Lord is faithful and good, and he answers our prayers, and he hears our prayers. It doesn't always come when we want. It doesn't always come how we want it to come. But he is moving and he is working. And I've got page after page after page of answered prayer. And intermixed in there, there are prayers that I'm still praying. That we haven't seen God completely move. i got a funny example. I'm never going to get to the end of this message this week. It's going to be part two parts for sure. i got a funny example where I decided to fast for one of the elections uh, with uh, George W. Bush. I believe he was going up against John Kerry because I remember the office that I was in. Uh, it would have been his second term. And I had decided that I was going to fast. And I, I guess I did pray a little bit. I was going to fast for this election. Now, at that time, my, my metabolism uh, was of sorts that if I didn't eat breakfast in the morning, like I literally got ill. I got sick. And I knew this going in, but I was just like, Lord, I mean, I didn't ask the Lord what to fast or how to fast. I was just marching into this election like, I'm going to fast food on this day for this election. I'll tell you what, by 9.15, I worked at GE at the time. Thank God I had my own office. By 9.15, I was on the floor of my office, so sick. I couldn't move. The room was spinning. I was dizzy as can be. I couldn't even believe it. I literally crawled to my desk and I got the phone. I said, Liz, come and get me. I screwed up. This is not fasting. <laughs> and I literally was laying on my floor. She had to drive to GE, go through security, and go to my office and pick me up because I couldn't drive. I got so sick. So look, I, there is, I want you guys, as we're fasting, to seek the Lord and ask him, Lord, what do you want me to fast? You know who I am. You know my body. Don't go on the three days, no food fast, and do something crazy like I was trying to do, unless the Lord tells you to do it. But look back at that scripture, is when they came together and they fasted, God moved. And I believe God will move in this church on this collective fast, I believe God will move in your life during this fast. Acts 13, I want to just show two examples real quick of two parts of Scripture here in Acts where 
They pray and they prayer and fasted at the same time. Acts 13, 2. It says, as they ministered to the Lord, basically as they worshiped or they were honoring the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Prayer and fasting. Worshiping, speaking to the Lord, and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. I could stop right there. Whatever your situation is, when we pray and when we fast, the Holy Spirit begins to move and work, and we're slowing down our flesh so that we can be more attuned to the spiritual realm. He said then, now the Holy Spirit said, now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work for which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. I love this. This is a life of prayer and fasting. They didn't just pray and fast and get their answer and be like, okay, we're good. They prayed and they fasted, they got their answer, and then they prayed and fasted again. This is a life of prayer and fasting. This is not just in January. I want this to be a life that we live. Acts 14, verse 22, very similar. It says, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying we must, through many tribulations, how many know we have many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in the church, they prayed and they fasted, and they commended them to the Lord in whom they believed. Important decisions. Important decisions, church. Prayer and fasting. We have learned in our lives that when we make hasty decisions, most of the time, most decisions we have to make are not all that rushed. Most of the time in our lives, okay, you come up to an intersection, literally an intersection, you got to make a decision to go right or left. Okay, maybe you need to pray about it real quick, Holy Spirit leads you, but most of the time in our life, we've got time to make our decisions. And so I would encourage us, those who have big decisions that you have to make right now that you know are coming up, to take this time of prayer and fasting and seeking. This is what the early church did. Before laying hands on people, they prayed and they fasted. All right, worship team, if you want to come back up here. Man, there was so much more I wanted to cover this morning. While they're getting ready, I want to cover just a little bit of this verse, and I'll pick up here next week. Acts chapter 12. So I'm talking about fasting, but prayer and fasting. And I want to walk through a little bit of this scripture, and I want you to listen to me. Well, I know you already are. But I want you to see or hear when we pray, what happens. Next week, I'm going to talk about how to pray. But this week, I want to talk about when we pray, what happens? And we can see something in this passage of Scripture, how God is moving when we are praying. Acts chapter 12, starting in verse 5. And guys, you can just give me background music, that's fine. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. So Peter, a church leader, King uh, Herod the king, he was looking to harass Christians. He already killed, uh, he already killed James, who was the brother of John. He seized Peter, he threw him in jail, and the church began to pray. The church said, there's a situation that needs our prayer. And they began to pray. The Amplified says, fervent and persistent prayer. 
The Passions Version says the church went into a season of intense intercession, asking God to free him. I can tell you this morning that five minutes in prayer is more productive than hours of effort. Five minutes of prayer, more productive than hours of effort. We're going to practice this as we close today. Verse 6 says, And when Herod was about to bring him out, sounds like it's not going to be good. That night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. When we pray, God sends supernatural help. Look at that. When they were praying, what happened? An angel was sent and light was sent. They, were pre- they didn't see this happening. Many times we pray and we don't see the results right away of what's happening. Do not be discouraged. Continue to pray to the Lord. Supernatural help God released when they began praying. He released that help in the spiritual realm. He sent light that illuminates the darkness. And then that angel says, And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. When we pray, he wakes somebody up. Many times, he's waking us up. When we pray and we are communing with God and we are talking with God, he is waking us up, he is waking others up, He is waking us to the lies that we're believing. He awakens us to the things that are happening. He's waking us up to to wisdom and vision of next steps to take. When we pray, he is actually, actually waking us up. And then his chains fell off his hands. When we pray, God does a miracle in the natural realm. If you look at the progression there, it starts with the spiritual realm. He sent the angel. He sent the light. He is working. He is moving. And we're going to pray this morning. And I I encourage you to know that God is beginning to move and work as you release your prayers. The Bible says we are co-laborers with God, which means that we are laboring with him when we pray. It means that when we pray, we can change the outcomes of things. You say, well, God is sovereign. He knows everything that's going to happen. Yeah, but when you pray, he, can ch- he will change. Look at Moses. Moses stood there and convinced God not to take out all of Israel. He convinced God a different route. We, when we pray and when we seek God, when we ask him for his help in situations, he moves. And he begins to do miracles. In verse 11, it says, when Peter had come to himself, this is after he got all the way out. I'll pick up with this next week. It says, now I know for certain, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. When we pray, certainty comes. And not certainty that he's going to answer the prayer exactly as we want it to be answered. Not certainty that every sickness will be absolutely healed immediately. But when we pray, we have a certainty that we know that God is moving 
and that God is for us, and I have page after page after page that proves to me that God is faithful and that he loves us. And yes, not every prayer got answered exactly, and I get frustrated and say, Lord, why did you take that person? Or why did that happen? Or why did this happen? We don't get to know all those answers. But what we get to do is we get to pray, and we get to commune with the living God and say, Lord, here is my heart. Here is what's happening. Here's what's going on. I need your help in this situation. It's impossible. Lord, I need you to move. And then we stand still, and we watch him move. As he determines he's going to move not as we want him to move in our lives. This church, September 24th, 2018, the attack of the enemy came upon Jim Dumont in Maine. And I remember the call coming to 865 Dutch Road. And immediately, immediately, we knew what to do. Call up. Rich, we need you to open the building. Jason heard the car door already shutting. He's like, I'm on it. Because he got the call. And this church ran to what? To gather. And we came together in one, with one purpose. In unity. One voice crying out to God. And we saw him move. And he woke that man up. We have lived this. We have lived this message. Remember, remember, we lived this. We've done this, church. God is faithful. God is faithful when we pray. When we pray, he wakes someone up. When we pray, he does a miracle in the natural. And doctors are weeping They cannot believe their eyes. And a man who was dead for 8 to 13 minutes on the side of the road without oxygen walked out of hospital 19 days later. They couldn't even keep him in the rehab center. They said, you're you're okay. Miracle. This church is a New Testament church. We know how to do this. Now we know for certain that God sent his power and delivered our pastor from the, from the clutches of death because this people prayed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Stand up here with me. So if we could sit, maybe dim the lights a little bit. We're just going to practice what we preach here this morning. And I just, we're going to, the worship team is going to sing the worthy of it all. And you can sing the lyrics, but I encourage you not to sing the lyrics, but just seek the Lord. Seek his face. Pray. Pray in your prayer language. Say, Lord, what is the word you have for me in 2022? Lord, I want to be, I want to leave here with a certainty, knowing that you are moving on my behalf. There's a situation you want to present to him, that you are unsure what to do or how it's going to turn out. Present it to him this morning. And walk out of here with certainty that he is moving and he is working on your behalf. So the worship team's going to sing this, and we're just going to just begin to pray. If you are baptized by the Holy Spirit, you want to pray in tongues, and just begin to pray in tongues. If you don't know what else to say, the Lord says, 
edify yourself. Speak in the language that I have given you by the Holy Spirit. So let's just begin to pray as we worship. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your tangible presence here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for our word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, your word says that when we are gathered together, you are with us. You're in our presence, Lord. We can sense you here this morning. Your word also says when two or more are in agreement, Lord, that you are moving and working, Lord. And I am personally in agreement, Father, with this church and the prayers and the petitions of the hearts of your saints this morning. So, Lord, we know that as we sent those requests up to you, as we poured out our heart to you, Lord, that you are already moving in the spiritual realm. You're already moving, Lord. That you are waking people up. You are waking people up. Those who are lost, you are waking them up this morning. Those who have run far from you, you are waking them up this morning. Those who need a physical touch in their lives, you are waking them up this morning. Lord, I also believe that you are waking up laborers to go. You are waking up laborers to go and to preach the gospel. To lay hands on the sick, to pray and to see them recover. Lord, you are releasing a fresh anointing, an overflowing anointing this morning from Erie Christian Fellowship Church that as it flows through us and out into this community, Lord, that lives will be forever changed. And Father, we thank you for that certainty that we have in you the certainty we have that you are who you say you are and that you do what you say you will do. Thank you, Lord. Can we just do just the voices as we close, worthy of it all? Worthy of it all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy of it all. so worthy, Lord. You are worthy of it all. Thank you, Lord. You are so worthy. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. 
glory. Thank you, Lord. As we close this morning, we have some prayer teams that will be up front. They will be able to pray with you. Prayer of agreement, prayer of faith, whatever it is that you need prayer for, they'll be up front here as we close the service. And I just want to pray a blessing over each of you, over each family here in 2022. When it comes out of numbers, we've done this before as a benediction, but I just want to just speak this. I want to speak this prophetically over every family represented here, whether you're single, whether you're with your spouse, no matter who it is, I want to pray this over you. It says, may the Lord bless you. Just receive it this morning. For 2022, church, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. So Father, we go from this place in peace, standing still with our eyes open, worshiping You as You are moving and working in our lives. And we thank You for the overflow in all areas. We love You and we praise You in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Have a wonderful week and Happy New Year.